Travis Ryer of the BamaOnline.com staff with instant analysis following the Alabama Crimson Tides. 27-6 win over the Cincinnati Bearcats in the 86th plane of the Cotton Bowl Classic. At Jerry World in Arlington, Texas, uh, we got a lot to get into on instant analysis this evening. Sorry I'm a little bit late. Had to do some post-game writing for five predictions. Revisited Lynn, how are you doing? We're going to allow everybody to sort of try to get in here, and then we'll have some fun with this. We'll go over the football game. Sort of a retro-bama on uh, Friday afternoon, wasn't it? Yeah. Really got into the run game early physicality from the outset from that Alabama offensive line. Had some struggles in pass protection, but, you know, when you run for 300-plus, first 300-yard rushing performance for Alabama on the season, 301 rushing yards in all. I was a little worried there at the end of the game that uh, they might lose some yardage and end up going back under 300. Yeah, William. It does look like Alabama, Georgia again. How about that? That's a big surprise, huh? Watching Georgia just absolutely take apart the Michigan Wolverines in the Orange Bowl, I was sort of left to wonder, neutral field, you got Cincinnati and Michigan. Who you got in that one? Yeah. Michigan can run the football pretty well. So uh, maybe I still go with Michigan in that one. But it was Alabama's run game earlier in the day that – Made a lot of headlines, and certainly the Alabama defense was very, very good, forcing Cincinnati into a 2 of 12 situation where third down conversions were concerned. Alabama wasn't a whole lot better at 5 of 13, but big sequence there late in the second quarter. Alabama backed up, and you're thinking, wow, they need to just get out of this hole and uh, you know try to get to the half at 10-3, but then they get that. 94-yard drive going. You get the 44-yard touchdown pass from Bryce Young to Ja'Cory Brooks. So Brooks comes up big once again with a big touchdown grab and a big spot. And look, not Bryce Young's best night, not the passing game's best night, but if Cincinnati is going to play defense to the extent of essentially saying we're only going to play with maybe six guys in the box, well, you're going to get a lot of the Alabama run game against that 3-3-5 look. And Brian Robinson with a UA Bowl record, 204 rushing yards on 26 attempts. That'll work, 7.8 yards per carry. Brian says number 19 is on the way. And he's not talking about Jalil Billingsley. Yeah, Clay liked that 2009 Alabama this afternoon. I'm with you, Greg. Uh, It was sort of a hold-your-breath moment there for Jamison Williams in the third quarter, but it was good to see him back. Uh, Not his biggest night either. Uh, Seven catches for 62 yards, well under his yards per catch average. But again, you only had to throw it 28 times in the game. It was the first time since the Mississippi State game on October the 16th that uh, Bryce Young, against a Power 5 opponent, threw it fewer than 30 times against New Mexico State, but he didn't play much in that game or the whole game. But the first time against a Power 5 opponent that – since Mississippi State, that Young was under 30 pass attempts. Wrote about this during the week with Desmond Ritter. Wanted to get him up around 40. Well, you couldn't because Cincinnati didn't run enough plays. Ran 58 plays, including just 27 in the uh, in the first half. Alabama ran 45 plays in the first half. And then to finish it with that long drive, that was daggerish, I would say. Scott, you know, I haven't heard 
anything new on Chris Owens and that lower extremity injury. Um, we did hear after the game from Nick Saban and Neil Echior dealing with a shoulder injury. And again, you know, look at this Alabama offensive line that did a lot of the heavy lifting. Now, Brian was great. And we talked about super seniors all week, more so in relation to the Cincinnati team. But Brian Robinson was the super senior of the game. Uh, outstanding player of the game uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Will Anderson, the defensive player of the game for Alabama. And absolutely, I agree with you, Rod. You did what you needed to do to win the football game. If you can run it for 6.4 per carry, you keep running it. Or you should. You should. And so it was that kind of game. You uh, you win in advance at this point. It's the ninth time since 2009 that Alabama will play for the national championship. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. 2009, 2011, 2000. 12, 2015, 16, 17, 18, actually, yeah, 20, and now 21. Nighttime. Crazy. And you know what Alabama's probably going to get for all that? Underdog status to the Georgia Bulldogs one more time. I know that's okay with you. I think it's okay with Will Anderson, I think. Yeah, I agree, Timothy. I thought Brian Branch was great, had a couple of pass breakups, got playing with a lot of confidence right now. And that's important because it could be Brian Branch, assuming that this blowout holds up down in South Florida. It could be Brian Branch that's going to see a lot of Brock Bowers again in that game. I thought the corner rotation was fine. Kind of figured going into the game, Cincinnati didn't necessarily have the guys on the outside that could hurt Alabama. Uh, in this situation, it played out that way. Alec Pierce was Cincinnati's top guy coming in at the wide receiver position. He catches his two passes for 17 yards. I was more surprised that Cincinnati's tight ends weren't more effective. You know, I wrote about this throughout the week and five predictions. I had tight ends for both teams catching touchdown passes in this game. Turned out that it was Cam Latou for Alabama, the only tight end to get into the end zone. But... These veteran tight ends for Cincinnati, Leonard Taylor and Josh Wiley, uh, just two catches for uh, six yards between those two guys. So tough afternoon for Desmond Ritter. The pass rush uh, was effective with six sacks. couple more from uh, Will Anderson. I thought Fedarian Mathis was good, too. Fedarian had a couple tackles for loss, a couple of PBUs. Alabama, I think, had six pass breakups in the game. And... Um, Four of those came from pass rushers. Yeah, I thought Kyrie, Kyrie looked pretty good. You know, Kyrie's one of these 6'3 corners, similar to what you saw with Sauce Gardner. Sherry likes that underdog status, she said. Yes. Paul, how you doing? Welcome to the, uh, welcome to the powwow here. But offensively, Alabama does enough. Um, you know, the touchdown pass of a two there early in the fourth quarter, if... Ja'Cory Brooks's didn't really seal things, and it probably didn't because Cincinnati came out to start the third quarter, went down and got three points. It's a 17-6 game. Um, Latou on that little underneath route, that's a concept we've seen from Alabama quite a bit in recent years. Run the back out of the backfield on sort of a rail or wheel type route, and then you get, uh, if you get zoned there, 
which Cincinnati was in zone, so that took away the back. Um, but what you have underneath is the tight end, and I thought Latou did a really nice job of sitting down in the zone before turning and running into the end zone. But, uh, yeah, as far as injuries go, um, you know, Jordan Battle uh, came back into the game. Jamison Williams came back into the game. Uh, Emil Echior did not come back into the game. Chris Owens went out on the last possession, I believe, so you didn't see him back in the game. Saw Amari Kite get in there at right tackle. And, again, I thought J.C. Latham uh, did a nice job at right guard in place of Emil Echior. Um, you know, you knew that Myjay Sanders could be a problem in the pass rush, more so than what Georgia presented. Myjay Sanders of Cincinnati is along the lines of what you see from uh, maybe an Auburn, more of that sort of guy on the edge there. And so you can take a little bit of comfort in knowing in this rematch with Georgia, there's not that kind of pass rusher. I understand. Uh, Nolan Smith, these guys, uh, Alabama did a pretty good job in that first go-around. Georgia's going to put some different things out there, no doubt about it. Uh, Yeah, JoJo Earl did play. In fact, he muffed a punt that Kool-Aid McKinstry did a hell of a job of getting on there. That was the kind of play that Cincinnati needed to have a chance to win the game. The muffed punt, maybe a block kick. You know, Alabama special teams in general were not uh, scintillating once again. I thought the kickoff late in the first half might have been the most infuriating aspect of it all. you got a guy in Will Reichert who can consistently kick the ball in the end zone off the left hash. And so after Ja'Cory Brooks' touchdown catch, you have, I think, maybe, unless Will Reichert went rogue, you got Will Reichert off the left hash kicking the ball back across the field to the right to one of Cincinnati's top playmakers in Tyler Scott. And they hurt you with the return. The defense made the point moot. Isn't that how you say that? Not mute, but moot. Because they got off the field late there in the second quarter. But I didn't like that at all. Just put the ball on the left hash and have Reichert bang it into the end zone. And here comes the second guessing with the starters still in the game when Chris Owens went down. David Hagler, not happy with Chris Owens out there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see exactly in the in the days to come exactly where Alabama's at from a health perspective. Uh, it seemed as if they came out of it okay. The one unknown is more along the lines of Chris Owens. I agree, Rashad. Seth McLaughlin. It isn't always pretty with Seth. Um but he's been steady, and I think uh, we talked about this after the Georgia game. Just seems to be comfortable with the administrative duties that go with playing that position. You know, making calls, making checks, identifying defensive fronts. He's got still a ways to go physically, but he's just a second-year player too. And as we've said before, not all centers have to be Landon Dickerson, 6'5", 330 pounds. Now, you can have a Ryan Kelly type uh, that does a nice job there for you, ends up being a first-round pick. Not sure if Seth's going to be a first-round pick, but um, it was uh, it was, it was was solid. Yeah, pass rush more so uh, with Chris Owens trying to deal with Majay Sanders was uh, problematic at time. Uh, 
Bryce didn't ever really achieve what I would consider to be a comfort level from the pocket. Uh, it was a season-low 181 passing yards for Bryce. The yards per attempt that you're used to seeing from him weren't there. When you've got Jamison Williams with 62 catches on seven yards, that's pretty much going to be the case. So, as crazy as it sounds, I think there'll be some confidence provided in knowing that this group has already seen this Georgia pass rush and has had success against it. And also against the secondary. I still think there are questions in terms of what you don't have in John Mechie. But again, with the ability to run the football in this game, those were masked. I don't think you're going to be able to get away with that as much against this Georgia defense in the rematch. Um, yeah, Ja'Cory Brooks, four catches, 66 yards, the touchdown. Slade Bolden gets the scoring going there in the first quarter, three catches, 31 yards. Billingsley and Latou combined for two catches for 21 yards and Latou's touchdown. Uh, but again, it was a night for the run game. It was a night for the defense, not so much the special teams. And the Alabama Crimson Tide headed to Indianapolis. How about that? going to be some great weather up in Indy. Um, yeah, Richard, I agree. I think it'll be a lot harder to run against Georgia. Although, I'll say this, Alabama in the SEC game had an easier time of it than I anticipated, especially with the health issues that uh, you were dealing with with Brian Robinson at the time. Brian looked good. Looked good in this one. So you just, uh, you maybe had to hit him with a little oxygen, as we saw there. But uh, workhorse performance from Brian Robinson. Trey Sanders running with some confidence, too. Trey Sanders, 14 carries, 67 yards. And it's absolutely the case when you look at the Georgia. Styles make fights. And uh, stylistically, Alabama's matched up fine with, with Georgia. Uh, not just through the, the Kirby Smart era, but, but also um, pre-Kirby. So, um, yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't watched much more of the Georgia-Michigan game here in the last little bit because uh, it appeared to be pretty much over. The thing you notice is with Michigan, it's just still a space issue. Um, just getting the ball in space to those backs like James Cook, like uh, Brock Bowers, um, it's just, it's a real problem still for Michigan. And, you know, I know some folks like to say that recruiting rankings and things like that are overrated well. How did it play out today? If you go look at the 24-7 composite recruiting rankings for the four teams that were involved, pretty much domination by the two teams that you see each and every year at the top of that list. And I understand player development is a huge part of it. And no one, in my opinion, in the history of college football has done it at the level that Alabama has year in and year out under um, – under Nick Saban, but uh, Georgia is obviously doing a pretty good job of it as well. Yeah, that's a concern you have, John, because of the injuries for Alabama. And Georgia is a deep football team. There's no doubt about it. Just look at that running back situation. And Georgia got Kendall Milton back um, for this one. So uh, 
you know, that's a big, big thing to consider. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think Ajay Hall, it's been promising to hear uh, that he's closer to getting involved at the wide receiver position because that certainly wasn't the case even a month ago. But as we saw against Cincinnati, it was Ja'Cory Brooks up first. Uh, I was more surprised than Hall to not really see Trayshawn Holden very much. It was actually Javon Baker and JoJo Earl that were next up. So that was a little bit of a surprise, but that still seems to be a fluid situation even 14 games into the season. I think Ja'Cory Brooks is pretty much the guy uh, as the third wide receiver as you look ahead to Georgia. Uh, But obviously there's still a lot of competition at some of those spots. And it was good to get JoJo Earl back in some form or fashion because you think – you know, you don't play until the 10th in the championship game. So that's an opportunity for some guys like Jalen Armour Davis to get healthier. It's an opportunity for JoJo Earl to continue to improve coming off his injury. Um, so there is that bit of comfort. Also with Ekior now dealing with a shoulder injury. So, uh, you know, you've got a chance to sort of get guys to the point where they're as good to go as they, they can be considering it's the next game up and, you know, there's not the, the gap that you just had from the SEC championship game to the uh, the college football playoff semifinal. Anything else you guys got for me? It's New Year's Eve. What are you doing coming up? Now, do you cheat? You know, if you're in central time, do you sort of go by the East Coast feed? And when they drop the ball at Times Square at Midnight Eastern, you go ahead and get in the scratcher at 11 Central, or do you say, no, it's not New Year's until it's Midnight Central or it's Midnight Pacific? I know some folks out in Mountain Time, and what they're doing is they're watching the uh, they're watching the East Coast thing, and, uh, and at 10 o'clock they're going to bed. Yeah, you know, Bill O'Brien's a lightning rod. I'll say this. There are some situations involving opponents like when you've got Cincinnati down 18 and it's fourth and two there in the fourth quarter and they're running the entire play clock down. And I understand they're trying to uh, trying to make sure the play call there, but it is, it's an 18 point game and it's the fourth quarter and it's, uh, and there's gotta be a sense of urgency. I, I, when I, when I saw that tonight from Cincinnati, I thought, Wow, imagine if that was Bill O'Brien for a lot of Alabama fans, or some Alabama fans. Maybe it's a vocal minority. But, um, you know, I thought the game plan tonight, the only real thing I'll say is in watching Cincinnati, um, even against Houston in the AAC championship game, it just looked like Houston had a lot of success in the middle of the field. And... Didn't really see Alabama attack that. And I'm talking about with quick in-breaking routes. And I understand you know, with your guys outside and you're going against Gardner and you're going against Bryant, even those can be difficult routes. But I thought Alabama would work the middle of the field more. And whereas Ja'Cory Brooks's touchdown wasn't in the middle of the field, he was lined up inside. And one of the things I wrote about during the week is that those are where the matchups, that's where the money could be made for Alabama. Not so much against Gardner and Bryant, but against the nickel and against the safeties. 
and uh, they got man coverage on Ja'Cory Brooks with the uh, with the inside with the slot corner, and he won that one pretty easily. That was a big, big touchdown there late in the second quarter. Antonio wanted some more screens. You know, Alabama's not a big screen team, unless it's the quick game to the wide receivers. Uh, but the traditional screen game, we haven't really seen a whole lot of that from Alabama. I did, didn't we see, I think we saw one or two against Georgia. So maybe we'll see that again um, in the uh, in Indianapolis. Xavier thinks that Kirby's just going to bring more five- and six-man blitzes. Maybe. Um, I think they found out if you don't get home against this guy, it can be a real problem. Now, the other side of that is is that without John Mechie, um, you not may not feel the need to get home as much. Um, because, you know, in that game, what was it, 421 that Bryce threw for against Georgia? Like 275 came in the first half with Mechie in the game. And he still had a really good second half, don't get me wrong. But it was more like 150 in the second half um, without John Mechie on the field. I, all I'm saying is I, I don't think the worst of the John Mechie situation is all over with. Yeah, I give Joe Pendry credit helping out in Doug Marone's absence. Um, you know, I've said it before. Joe Pendry is Tom Hagen from The Godfather. He's the consigliere to The Godfather. No doubt about it. And uh, wealth of experience and knowledge and still a willingness to jump in there and do what he can to help out in a tight spot. So, uh, yeah, Alabama 27, Cincinnati 6. And I don't know, Xavier, I don't, I don't, I don't think Bill O'Brien is limiting um, Bryce Young. I mean, we can all have our differences on what should happen after it doesn't happen. Um, but, you know, Bryce Young, what was it, three more single-season records he set tonight? <laughs> so if Bill O'Brien... You sipping anything tonight, Trav? Xavier, that's a good question, my man. Maybe a little Pinot Noir, you know? The wife's kind of a big champagne person on New Year's Eve. Just not real big on the champagne. Maybe a little old number seven as we ring in the new year. Um, not right now, though. Not right now am I sipping anything, Xavier. But if this is the only season that Bill O'Brien is on the job, he will have coached a Heisman Trophy winner in his first year as a starter. You know, if you're going to have a uh, legacy, and I'm not saying that Bill O'Brien will be just a one-year guy. I don't know that. Uh, but if he is, that, that'll be a pretty nice stamp to leave behind if you're a, a one-and-out at that spot. Uh, John, you know... I think it's going to be a closer game than it was in Atlanta uh, as much as anything because I don't think you know this Alabama offense is going to be quite as dynamic. Now, look, Ja'Cory Brooks, that was a very nice step forward for him tonight. I guess my point about tonight is I don't know how much you felt the absence 
of John Mechie tonight because you could tell from the outset this game was going to be more about the lines of scrimmage for Alabama. And they absolutely won in both those areas. Georgia is going to be a situation where it is going to be about guys like Jamison Williams again, these wide receivers, um, your tight ends. It's going to be more of that, I think, to to beat Georgia for a second time. I will not – I'll go ahead and tell you, I'm not picking against Alabama in the rematch. Nope. I got to see it. That's the uh, oath I took. I got to see it from Georgia and Kirby Smart against Nick Saban and Alabama. I don't know what I'm gonna, what score I'm gonna pick, but I'm gonna pick Alabama to win. And that's again understanding that um, Alabama's not in a great shape health-wise right now, with an emphasis on the offensive side of the ball. But you know, until Georgia does it, I got to see it. Uh, before I'll pick Georgia in a game against Alabama. That much uh, I do know. So, all right, total yards. Alabama with 482. Alabama had, what, 300 total yards in the first half? Um, 218 for Cincinnati. Uh, 144 passing yards for Desmond Ritter. He needed 32 attempts to get there. Didn't throw a touchdown pass. Didn't throw an interception. But, again, his primary targets were really – non-factors. Alec Pierce, leading receiver for Cincinnati, two catches, 17 yards, the two tight ends that we talked about earlier. Um, Josh Wiley, Leonard Taylor, two catches for six yards. Uh, Absolutely, across the board, defense did a nice job. Talked about it earlier, really liked what Brian Branch did tonight. Didn't just have the two pass breakups. He also led Alabama in tackles. Had a half sack. Um, thought it was a really strong performance. Will Anderson did what Will Anderson's going to do at a really minimal level of production for him, anyway, with uh, with two sacks and six total tackles. Um, linebackers were fine. Henry Toa Toa, you know, there was some talk in the last day or so. And Charlie certainly updated that for us pregame about uh, about Toa Toa and his health. But uh, he looked okay out there. You know, some concerns about a knee in practice here in the last couple of days, but I thought Henry was fine. Uh, Christian Harris had one of those half sacks in the game, also had a quarterback hurry. Um, so it was really a collective effort. That was a boring win, Christopher says. Christopher, were you around in like 2004, man? And by the way, you see all the SEC haters now out on social media, right? Oh, guaranteed SEC national champion. It is just the worst for folks outside the footprint. Just the worst. But uh, it's going to happen again. Now you see the haters... They go to the bowl record for the SEC now, you know, because the SEC was really hanging its hat on that uh, Missouri Army game. You know, that was the the big one. Absolutely. What else do we got before I get out of here? You guys are going to go pop bottles, aren't you? I know you are. Tomorrow's a Saturday on top of everything else. You going to watch any of the... uh, 
bowl games tomorrow? Oh, the Rose Bowl. Oh, isn't that like uh, a federal offense if you don't watch the Rose Bowl? According to the Rose Bowl people, I think it is. And you got to watch the parade and everything else, too. <laughs> I hear you, Rhett. All right. Ken says Alabama was already preparing for a rematch with Georgia. <laughs> All right, gang. Hey, Happy New Year to each and every one of you. And we can't thank you enough for joining us at BamaOnline.com. Absolutely, uh, absolutely appreciate that support. And without it, we can't do what we do. Um, and also appreciate the support at the Bama Online Podcast, if you haven't already. You can subscribe to the Bama Online Podcast, simple as a click or two. And if you leave us a rating and a review, I've never been a five-star in my life in anything. So if you could leave us like a five-star review at the Bama Online Podcast, that would that would check a bucket list item for me, as a matter of fact, as a five-star. That'd be awesome. Have a great final few moments here of 2021. Let's have a better, much better 2022. I'm thankful to have, you know, had some really good times in 2021. But it's got to be better in 2022, doesn't it? Absolutely. All right, gang. Be careful, okay? Take care of yourself and one another. And we'll talk to you at BamaOnline.com and here on the Bama Online Podcast again real soon. Good night. CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.